Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Oh, let the mind wander, let thought and foot take the unknown path, the second alley, or was it the one beyond, that unnamed street that turning reveals treasure indeed, the bow windows, the copper still, the moon underwater. Welcome everyone to the Moon Underwater, and I, your landlord, John Robbins, am stood behind the bar reflecting on something that I'm quite keen to discuss with devout regular, the lovely Robin Allender. Hello, Robin. Hi, John. Yes, you seem preoccupied. What's going on in the old brain box? Well, I'm, I've been preoccupied with two things this week. Firstly, quality of light. As the year has been... Dragged kicking and streaming into summer. <laughs> kicking and streaming? Yes. The year <laughs> has been dragged kicking and streaming into at least summer light, if not temperature. Yeah. I really am enjoying just observing qualities of light. I know what you mean. I mean, uh, we're seeing a return to... A lovely routine I call Half Five on the Drive. Oh, please tell me about Half Five on the Drive. Um, at Half Five, I have a beer on the drive. Talk to me about the beer, talk to me about the drive. Well, it's very nice because the sun sort of sets between two buildings opposite. In a liminal space. Well, yes, if you will. And um, so the sun kind of sets... So we sort of get a bonus sunset because because it, it kind of... It's like a sun temple. Oh, yes. You know, like Milton Keynes, weirdly. Milton Keynes was built around uh, the setting of the sun. Was the it? rising of the sun on Midsummer's Day, yeah. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, Milton Keynes is a sun temple. Like Stonehenge. Yeah, yeah. But with more uh, shops. So I guess what you're saying is once the sun has set behind the horizon of buildings, you're getting like a little VIP room sunset. Exactly so, yeah, yeah. It's really nice. And and it's it, and it's temporary, like the best kind of thing. It's very fleeting. You're very aware of the passing of time. 
as the sun sets between the buildings. It'd be quite troubling if a sunset never ended and just went on and on and on. Or just stayed there and didn't sink. Yeah, for decades. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed here in The Moon Underwater, Rob, but the sunlight, before it gets to dusk, that sort of... The brightness is the same, but the heat is removed. Yeah. It's creating these beautiful slices of light that you can only see because of the particles that it highlights. Yeah. And and I think I've been observing them for quite a long time. And I think some of the particles are just dust and some of them are desire. Right. You mean little particles floating in the shafts? Yeah, well, you see that sort of almost like a mime's scream. Screen. Screen. <laughs> you know when you see a mime screaming, but no sound comes out? Yeah. Well, to me, that's a bit like these... These sort of plates of of dust that sparkle and disappear as they enter the shaft of light. Right. Okay. So they almost appear solid. Yeah. Solid air. The mimes scream. The mimes scream. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful, uh, beautiful image, John. And I love how the, the, it's the light itself which tells you that they're there. Because otherwise you just wouldn't see these particles of dust and desire, respectively. Yeah, it's always there, but you you need to kind of see it at the the right angle. Mm. Well, there's something else I want to discuss with you um, (laughs) before we... Well, if we finish that one there. (laughs) (laughs) Before we welcome our guest, because something about this quality of light does bring rosé to mind. Really? Yeah. The long past that rosé has. Yeah, the dusky rosé. But I am, I have been experiencing rosé despair. What's that? It's like I can never quite find that rosé. Right. And are, are the other, do the others, are they sort of close or are they nowhere near? Well, the problem is I've, there's two ends to the spectrum. So I bought a fancy rosé and I bought just a sort of, you know, the sort of rosé I used to drink, those quite sweet, low percentage, sort of Blossom Hill, yeah. uh, Ernst and Gallo ones. Yeah, Echo Falls. Yeah, yeah, and I think the problem I'm having is coming to terms with the fact that <laughs> I want... Alcoholism. <laughs> no, that I, want the, I want the taste of the cheap ones, but I want the I want the quality of the fancy one. Yeah. So basically, I want like a ten quid bottle of rosé that tastes like a five quid bottle of rosé, but you can't get them. To my knowledge, you can't. It's quite a weird thing to walk into a wine shop and say, you know, you know, Blossom Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got a fancy version of that? Well, do you know that Limmy sketch where he goes into a travel agent and says he wants to go back to that place he went. As a child, but I want to go back there. Then is that what you want from your rosé? I think it is, but I've sort of, I've got a certain amount of. I don't know if it's brand shame yeah. about those cheaper bottles of rosé. Don't feel shame. I mean, God. Well, it's more that they can't be good because they. It must just be sugar and ribena and like I don't know. Part of me wants someone to have put craft and love and effort into a very sweet rosé. <laughs> but is it, I mean, you know, people talk about guilty pleasures in music and, and lots of people say now there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure because, you know, you either like it or you don't. Yeah, but so you know when, 
you know when you go to a place that does like a dirty burger yeah but does it really well yeah that's what i'm looking for right like right right market version of a cheap pleasure mm. but it remains just out of reach and perhaps all rosé all rosé is just out of reach do you like tokai john i've had it once um and praise be to uh jenny bead comedian jenny bead brought it round as um i think it was as a christmas present or as a moving in present or something and i do like it it but it's when i go down the dessert wine route it's like that's too sweet right my girlfriend ruth is doing a cookery school now and she's doing a wine course as well and she was talking about she had some tokai today and really liked it and I thought it would be it was very up your street because of the Philip Pullman connection. Like they they drink it in his dark materials, don't they? And you love sweet things. Yeah. It's sipping, isn't it? You couldn't could you have a like a bottle? I'm sure you, you could give it a <laughs> bloody good go. <laughs> but I have a, it's a similar thing with sherry. You like taste a glass of sherry and you think, Well, this is my drink for the rest of my life and then half a bottle in you're like, Oh my god, I can't drink this ever again. Didn't you go through a phase of drinking a lot of ginger wine? Yeah. <laughs> I've been. If you name it, I've, I've drunk it. <laughs> My friend Beth um, lived uh, in a, on a, her, her neighbour when on the recycling day when she saw her neighbour's recycling bin. It was always about twenty bottles of ginger wine. Oh, that's quite troubling, really. <laughs> <laughs> there should never be more than one bottle of ginger wine in a house at any one time. I think. No, I don't think so. It's a strange thing to get really stuck on. Maybe they were trying to find the ginger wine of their pasts. Well, that's the thing. And I think there's something about sweet, sort of comforting drinks that do connect you to sort of pleasant memories of of summer. Mm. I tell you what's mad. It's going into the supermarket in the booze aisle. The amount of flavoured gin there is these days. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like rhubarb flavour and blood orange and... Palmer violets. Oh, stop messing around with gin, or don't if you like it. I mean, they did that with ciders. There are so many different kinds of ciders now, and but and ciders are one that I very much associate with the kind of thing you're talking about—the rosé years. I mean, when you're talking about that sort of period, I was definitely drinking a lot of ciders, Copperbergs, etc. But I never feel any nostalgic longing for them the way you do. Well, I wonder if it's sort of the meeting of the adult and the child. So the child wants something sweet. The adult wants the, the heady numbness of booze. <laughs> yeah. and, and is it always wise to allow adult and child to drink the same drink? I don't know. I don't. It doesn't sound great when you phrase it like that. <laughs> Anyway, I have got to get uh, the moon underwater looking tip top uh, for our guest who, if the movements amongst those atoms of desire and dust are correct, and I believe they are infallible, um, is very, very close to the threshold of the moon underwater. Robin, can you hear the mist outside? Yes. Yes and no. I can sort of, I can hear it swirling and revolving and forming and reforming. Can you? Yeah, and the kind of shapes when you look out the the window, the street is kind of unfolding upon itself. And within itself. Yeah. 
But I think there's something else in within the sound of the distinctive sound of the mist. I think I hear footsteps. And there's the door. It must be this week's guest. Hello to you. Hello to you too. <laughs> it's, it's the ghost. It's the ghost of Susie Ruffle. Yes, I died in the mist. There was a car accident. Please come help me. It's the ghost of old Ma Ruffle. And who's that stood behind her? It's the real Susie yeah, Ruffle. Yeah, sorry, I, I briefly, sorry, I came out of my body re- briefly and now I'm back. Hello. It's always nice to be haunted by oneself in a, in a fantasy pub. I feel like I'm constantly haunted by myself, <laughs> by like dreams, ambitions, who I used to be. You're a, a comedian, you're a podcaster, you're Guilty. a tap dancer. Guilty. Guilty as charged. Guilty <laughs> Tap dancing, not a big pub pursuit, I guess. Well, you haven't heard about the, the pub I'm creating yet. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> You're from Plymouth? No. Portsmouth. There Shut we go. Bed. I knew it was a P-mouth one. Oh, dear. And everyone does it. And it's because both of them are kind of like, oh, yeah, Portsmouth, Plymouth, yeah. Like, I don't think either of them have like a massive identity other than people sort of think... Maybe a little bit of football hooliganism with Pompey? If I'd thought about it for a second, I knew it was Portsmouth, because you're not from Plymouth, because that's you. then in my mind you'd be Southwest Susie Ruffle. Yes, I would you're, be Southwest Susie Ruffle. You're Pompey Susie. And I'd, yeah, <laughs> Southwest Susie Ruffle is a bitch. And if she's listening to this, I want her to know. Yeah, Pompey Sue's on the Pompey other Pompey Sue's yeah. is, I mean, she's also, she's also a bit of hard work, but... <laughs> <laughs> What is the pub to Susie Ruffle, Pompey Sue's? Uh, to Pompey Sue's, I would say it is like mates, sort of a sense of, I mean, community is the wrong word because I don't think that it would necessarily be anyone sort of from my local community, but me- like friends that I feel a sense of community with and sort of family stuff. Growing up, we were in pubs, not in like a, a massively negative way, but in sort of quite a 90s way of people taking their kids to the pub on a Sunday and then getting slowly pissed while everyone picks at a roast dinner. Sounds like bliss. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting how pubs, in your head, the pub of the mind is a pub full of all your mates who are like sort of regulars there, but we're all, mm-hmm. we all live in and around London and aren't from London. It's been 20 years since I went to a pub where all my friends were. You know, it's kind of crazy, but in my head, that's still what a pub looks like when I walk in. Yeah, I know what you mean. Pubs in London are generally full of people that you don't want to have a pint with. But you can organise to meet friends there and then be slightly late. Is it mad to suggest that the post-work pint is at the very least a city centre pursuit and much more so in London? Mm. So you'll you'll have a lot. I've been for a post work pint with you, John. I know, but like, but that but that was at like half. Outside of in a village, you wouldn't have like two people in pink shirts, (laughs) sort of having two pints before going home. It's more of a like an event to go to the pub. Do you think? Or a regular thing. I think maybe like a regulars thing. Mm. But I would say that like my uncles, uh, one of my uncles who was a builder, that would have been quite. He actually lived opposite his local which was ideal for them. Mm. They lived on Newcombe Road and their local was the Newcombe. And I'm not kidding when I say their house was probably the house that was most opposite to the pub. These little terrace houses, you know, like the houses in Coronation (laughs) Street. I mean, I haven't been in there for probably 20 years, but it would be, it was a red sign outside that said the Newcombe. And then inside it was quite a small pub, sort of like an old man's pub, which I don't know if that's like, 
Is that is that is that a thing? Does everyone know what I mean when I say an old man's pub? Yes, and yeah, so, I think so. And I think that's yeah, very, the, very much John's uh, mm, ideal. In yeah, many I mean ways, he's he's just waiting to be an old man. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the the bar sort of curved round, and there would be little seats and a few um, stools. And I distinctly remember going there with my aunties and uncles and my mum and dad. And all the women would sit at the bar and all the men would stand and talk behind them. Oh, like a sort of as if they were posing for yeah. a school photo. Yeah, or as if the women were some sort of <laughs> ventriloquist dummies. <laughs> Either <laughs> or. <laughs> oh, I like that image from the bar staff's view of women on the seats, the husbands behind... Oh, I'm there. What are they drinking? Oh, so my auntie Jackie would have a Bacardi and Coke. Mum would have been drinking. These days she has a G&T, but I think then she would have been having vodka and Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. Dad would have been having a lager. Lovely. Mum um, would occasionally have a Malibu and pineapple. <gasps> Ooh. That's something that I think we've lost in the, the gastropub is the small sort of Schweppes pineapple or Britvic pineapple that's about 175 millilitres, tiny little thing. I distinctly remember having, I used to have one of those pineapple Schweppes topped up with lemonade. That's the drink that I would have as a child in the pub. And what were you thinking? What were you thinking? What are all these grown-ups doing there? I need to leave Portsmouth. I'm a lesbian. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. (laughs) That was the only thing I thought. No, I don't know. So another, so there would be places like the Newcomb, but then also my uncle owned a pub for a bit. It's called the Mary Rose. Whoa, 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 whoa. So you've got, you've got pub ownership in your blood. Yeah. So my, my cousin ran it. That I like. Yeah. So my uncle had a pub called the Mary Rose. Fun fact, it was when he sold it, um, it became a Chinese restaurant and they changed it to the Mary Rose and the Dragon. (laughs) (laughs) No way. I'm so excited to hear some of the selections from someone who's not only got pubsmanship in their blood, but also has worked in pubs, because I think you're the one of the most experienced guests we've had at the Moon Underwater. So to that I, end... That is quite a lot of pressure, but I don't mind it at all. Susie, I'm <laughs> going to ask you for your first two selections, which is two draft drinks in your dream pub. Okay, so because it's my dream pub, um, the first one would be... And this isn't fancy, but I really like it. A Brewdog IPA. Okay, so is... Are you okay with it? Yeah, but that is quite fancy. Is it? Yeah, because like, I thought you were going to say like Foster's or something, but uh, what's the name of... Oh no, wait for my second choice. Is it the Punk IPA? (laughs) Yes, it is the Punk IPA. Okay, I mean, personally, it's a little bit strong for me, but I don't mind it. I don't mind an IPA. So that's on draft. So a pint of that, was that 5.6%? I mean, yeah, that's going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be sipping that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, do you know what I would probably do? I'd probably have two halves if I was going to have a pint of that. Oh, nice. Just because it would, it would feel easier to get through. That's a very good point. I think strong beer is much nicer when you drink a half than yeah, when you drink a pint. or two thirds. Or two thirds. Have you ever um, been in a brew dog pub? I feel like I've never... There's one in Edinburgh, there's one in Bristol, and there's probably a few more. You know, I don't think I have. There's one in Bristol I've been in, there's one in London I've been in, and personally, I don't like the... I feel like I'm in futuristic zone in the Crystal Maze. in the Crystal Maze. My thing is, I don't think I've ever been in a Brewdog pub where they haven't been playing Rage Against the Machine. (laughs) 
which is fine. I, went I mean, I the, like that, but I don't like it all the time. I went to the one in Bristol. <laughs> no, this is in Leicester. In fact, I've been to loads of Brewdog pubs, and I had a... F- yeah. Oh, I've been to the one in Leicester. Yeah, because it's quite by a lot of the where the comedy gigs it's are. It's quite near the cookie. Yes, near the cookie, and I had a 40% beer. <gasps> it was absolutely disgusting. Complete <laughs> waste of time and money. Yes, I can imagine that. So I would say that... So, so Brewdog, ethically, are really good. They do really good stuff. And they have actually, mm-hmm. over the pandemic, I've made a point of buying cans of Brewdog. So I know that they offered all of their fridges to keep the vaccines in and to use the pubs as a vaccination point right at the beginning. Mm. They got in touch with Nicola Sturgeon because they've got loads of places in Scotland. They did some really good stuff with like making sure that they kept all of their staff made sure oh, that they cool. were like really well looked after. And they'd done stuff before that I thought was really ethically sound. And so someone who told me, oh, they're really great. They're a really great ethical brand. And so then I was in a pub and I thought, oh, that's that brand that's meant to be really ethically sound. I'm going to have one of those. And now I just really like it. Oh, great. Well, I, I tell you this, Susie, as soon as lockdown is over, I shall be going to a brew dog to get uh, an injection of 568 millilitres of alcohol. <laughs> that's the sort of thing people say so what's your second draft Susie well I want a star of palm and shandy so you can have star of palm and lemonade available that's nice yeah and I I do find star of palm quite headachey so maybe as a shandy would be a perfect choice I mean I'm glad you've gone for shandy because otherwise this is a pretty strong yeah um, so the, the star of palm and shandy I would say it's half and half I would say it's half and half. It's definitely a shandy. And uh-huh. I, when mm. I, work, I worked in a bar called The Back Bar, which was in Wandsworth. And this is when I was at drama school. And so I would be at drama school Monday to Friday and then I would work there Friday nights and Saturday nights or Saturdays and Sundays. So I'd always do two shifts a week. And mm. it was quite good fun working there. It was young people, people that weren't connected to my drama school. So it was like a different group of friends, which felt quite exciting. And the owner just didn't give a shit or I don't know if it was the owner the manager just didn't give a shit so everyone like drank throughout their shifts I remember working there one New Year's Eve and it was fucking carnage like I mean it was like we were just like hammered like we were doing <laughs> shots with this like doing shots there was a lock-in and, and and obviously it's New Year so everyone's sort of fine with the bartenders having a drink as well Amazing. but there was I and so I remember my drink there being and I would often get half of Shandy star well I remember when I worked in the brewery tap you wouldn't get free beer but you would take you'd have the beer taken off your week's wages mm. but one week i owed the money oh no it's awful but sorry did i interrupt you did did i interrupt your story about this, your half a star of no family? it would just be so i i just didn't remember that would be my break and then also if you finished we would have, always have like staggered finishes and so sometimes you'd mm. finish but people would still be working and maybe someone had finished half an hour before you. So then there would be like a small congregation of people that you worked with at the end of the bar smoking Marlborough mm. menthol and having a drink oh, for that. like, and, and you never paid for your drinks. We never had to pay for the drinks because, I mean, the bar did close down. <laughs> it's important to add. I never stole anything. Yeah. I was just never asked to pay. I love that shandy is often the thing you want the most, but it's the last thing your brain gets to. But I also like the fact that it's always an option, but it's never advertised because no brand 
promotes shandy. Like any other drink but you get. But if anyone yeah. is listening and they want me to promote a brand of shandy, I'm all over it. Well, well, I bloody love it. You used to be able to get that shandy in cans, didn't you? you Bass. Know, like... Oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah, it looked, I was obsessed with shandy. I mean, it was a kid's drink, kid. right? Yeah. But like it was, how, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are the pubs like around you where you live now, Susie? So I'm in southwest London, not far from Sydenham. So there's quite a nice pub called The Dolphin that I quite like. Ooh. It's sort of a nice gastro pub that do, they actually, they actually do really good food. And they're really, the staff are really nice in there. That's sort of the only pub that I've been to in my area. Because, well, you know what it's like. Because of gigging, I often go to bars in places where I am. And and definitely gay bars as well. Are there other areas of London that have more gay bars and pubs than, than others? Or is it mainly in Soho? I'd say that Soho would be the main one. There used to be the Black Cap in Camden, which was a really nice gay bar that used to host like a lot of drag. And there used to be a lesbian bar. So lesbian bars don't really exist anymore. There was a phase where they were oh. really popular, but unfortunately, I think because of people meeting online and stuff, it's actually really sad that that, that, mm. that doesn't really exist anymore. There's, there's like a lot of history in London for gay pubs. There's, there used mm. to be a bar called The Gateways that was a secret lesbian bar in King's Cross where I've read a book about it. It's fascinating. Basically, if people came to London, they would have heard... They, lesbians may have heard or gay men may have heard that this place existed and the way that they did it was it was, became a members bar and so you had to have a membership to get in so that there would be no queer bashing uh-huh. and so it was like this secret pub and so there used to be I think like it, certainly in London there used to be like loads of like these gay bars that people that were sort of a bit secretive and people didn't really know mm. and like you had to know someone to get in and now mm. because of I mean obviously they sort of faded away over time as well when being gay became more sort of socially acceptable um, but now it is there are fewer and fewer gay bars but I remember when I first moved to London I remember going into G.A.Y. that, that was more of sort of a this more of a club atmosphere but I remember feeling unbelievably relieved Mm. that there were so many people like me. It's a shame that despite perhaps not having their logistical necessity, they've not stayed on. Because if you think there's loads of members clubs for, you know, old white businessmen and sort of, you know, like old boys network that still Mm -hmm. exist. Because it's the, gay or not, it's the idea of the secrecy that attracts me to the the idea of sort of maybe a special knock or oh, a door behind a door, that sort of hidden downstairs honestly, realm. Honestly, this book that I read about the gateways was just like there's like rumours that like Marlena Dietrich drank mm. there and like and all the and it, but like people wouldn't say for sure because it was they really respected people's privacy. That went also people would go who were in marriages Ooh. and they would sort of go out and like you know maybe they wouldn't do anything but they just wanted to be around people that maybe felt a little mm. bit like them. Yeah. When you asked me right at the beginning, you know what's the what's the pub to me and I said community I think that's what I mean in that that that, that for uh, a queer person often going into a space where you go me and my girlfriend can go in here and we're not going to get any shit from anyone mm. and we're not going to get chatted up by some bloke and we're not going to get asked about our relationship by some random which does happen less and less but certainly 10 years ago that happened a fair bit and so you, you go in somewhere and you know that you can just be yourself unapologetically mm. and not have to have that like I remember being in a pub with a girlfriend and we didn't realise that the room next door was full of people watching football and just that noise of and I'm not saying that everyone watches football is homophobic of course not I know that they're not but because of things that had happened in the past and people shouting at me in the street or whatnot I remember hearing that Way! and feeling like mm. terror mm. 
almost it's like we can't hold hands in here let's not be obviously gay and I look kind of gay so I'm like you're gonna have to stand over (laughs) (laughs) so I think that yeah that that sense of community is is something for me in the pub as well wow this is a beautiful pub stunning crackling fire a bit of music on wonderful Welcome, 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 welcome to the pub of mystical desire. What can I get you? I'll have a pint, please. A pint? Sure, coming right up. Here we go. Pouring it now. Ah, wonderful. Just going to take a sip. Oh, no, you can't drink it. You can't drink it. Why not? That'd be the fulfilment of desire. You can't fulfil desire, otherwise it stops being desire. Not sure I understand. As soon as you get something you want, you don't want it anymore. It's the nature of desire tell you what, if you want to go to a pub where ineffable desire is fulfilled in a substantial and satisfying way, you want to go to the moon underwater. Oh, okay. Cheers. Bye. It's now time to discuss your next two choices, which are your two bottled items, Susie. Mm -hmm. What are you going for? My two bottled items. Right, okay. So, um, a Primitivo. Ooh, lovely. Oh, 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 Susie. (laughs) Yes, please. Do you know which one? No. What can I just recommend you it's one? The Sainsbury's finest one. No, I've got it on my. Um, I've got a, a wine, a, a wine wall of fame here. It's right. The, okay. <laughs> the Serrani Costa Rossa Primitivo de Manjuria. It is out of this world, and I think I got this from Majestic. But I'm talking plums, cherries. Port. It tastes a bit like port. It's absolutely gorgeous. Well, I'll have that Ooh! one. Ooh! <laughs> Great stuff. Do you, so you don't have a specific one in mind, it's just that you like the... Well, so John Robbins and I were in Italy last year for mm-hmm. a friend's wedding. Um, my partner and I went to Italy a bit earlier. Basically, my partner Alice does all of the booking of like when we go on holiday. She is like the organised one. I don't know how to do anything adult like I, and I, and I sort of hate it when people say that like oh I don't really know how to adult I'm like oh fucking grow up but then I'm also like can you check that I've done my tax right like I'm, I'm yeah. so she organized everything and we got to the place we were staying and it was really nice this is before we went on to the wedding and it was really really lovely but after about two days there we realized that what we had done is we had booked the one room in a hotel that wasn't part of a wedding so we we were staying in a wedding venue. <laughs> oh, wow. And we were there for a week, and every two days there was a new wedding. Alice being Alice was very strong and sort of went downstairs and was like, we were not told about this, this is really out of order, you shouldn't have done this. And eventually they just went, okay, fine, yeah, leave, you don't have to pay for the next ever have many nights, you can just pay for the nights you've stayed. And then Alice managed to find this really nice apartment on Airbnb that just happened to be available for the next three nights before we went on to the other part of Italy to go to the wedding. We were so chuffed. We went and got this apartment. It was really, really nice. And then we went downstairs and there was this pizzeria. And we said to them, we want a glass, we want a bottle of red. What do you suggest? And he said, our house Primitivo is great. And that's the bottle I want. And I don't know what it is. Oh, memories. Memories. But also the area of Italy we were in for that wedding, which is Puglia. Puglia, yeah. Is one of the sort of centres of the Primitivo grape. It was so cheap. It was so reasonable. And we ended up going back there. It was like a pizzeria. But the next night we went back and we were like, can we just get a drink outside in the veranda? Can we have another (laughs) bottle? And they were like, oh yeah, we've sort of finished service now. You can have a bottle while we clear up. And it was in this little kind of courtyard area and you could just see the back of a church in the Mm. background and you could see people sort of... And you know how... Italy's sort of, you know, people are out with their children and it feels really family orientated and it feels really safe and really nice. And it was just this little pizzeria that had this absolutely lovely bottle of red wine. Fun fact, and I only found this out quite recently because 
Primitivo is my go-to red. It's the same grape as Zinfandel. So if you're ever looking for a red wine and you see a Zinfandel, that's a Primitivo, but that's just what they call oh, it I in see. the States. What's your second bottle? It's another bottle of red wine. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Mm. And this time, and I'd say it's been a dear friend throughout the last 12 months, it is the Waitrose Pinot Noir. I was going to say Peanut Noir. I was going to say Peanut Noir. The Waitrose one. Honestly, it's just delicious. Mm. So with these two red wines, so you've doubled up on red wine in your... In your yeah. dream pub, which has got limited choices, yeah. let's remember. Would it take away from how much you like the Pinot Noir if your sort of fantasy, wonderful Italian red is there, or vice versa, drinking the Italian red in this setting, is it is it going to remove some of its je ne sais quoi? Now I'm thinking I should have had a champagne in there. Well, I, you've double redded, and I like it. Remember, remember you've got a wildcard selection coming yeah, yeah, yeah. up later. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I've already... Uh, two oh, reds okay. is fine. Wait until you hear, the, wait until you hear what, what my two spirits are. <laughs> Merlot and... <laughs> Smirnoff and Absolute. No, it's not. Okay, so now before we go to a break for non-patrons or a nice little bit of music for patrons, and if you would like to remove the adverts, you can go to patreon.com forward slash moonunderpod. And there's also many other benefits... Um, including the bonus podcast. Uh, But right now, it's time to go to Robin for the pub quiz. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down. It's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger. That wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey have been deducted five points. This week's quiz is a musical-based quiz, and it is about musical Chris's. So people call Chris who make music. So is everyone ready for the quiz? Yeah, we'll put a sound effect in. Musical Chris's. Question one. Which musical Chris's real name is Christopher John Davison? And he went to school with folk legend Nick Drake. Our musical Chris asked to join a jazz band that Nick Drake had formed with four schoolmates called the Perfumed Gardeners, but was rejected (laughs) as his taste was too poppy. More clues, he is Irish, and his first album was called Far Beyond These Castle Walls. That's question one. Which musical Chris is that? Um, Question two, musical Chris's. Which musical gravelly-voiced Chris titled his debut album Whatever Happened to Benny Santini? The title referred to a stage name that he had suggested when the record label insisted that his given name did not sound croony enough. His other albums include Espresso Logic, Shamrock Diaries, and Tennis. Which musical Chris was that? There was a clue at the start where I talked about his gravelly voice. Well, I've got the first two, so this is the first quiz I might get 100%. How, how are you doing, Susie, without giving any an- the answers away just yet? If, if Robbins has them both, I'm thinking that both of them are Freddie Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> He's a musical Christ, not a musical, sorry, Christ. Sorry, a musical yeah, Chris. That's right. Okay, question three, the last question of the pub quiz. Which musical Chris was born in Exeter? Don't worry, I'm giving you more info. 
His family's caravan and motorhome sales business was founded by his grandfather in 1929 and sold by his father to a former employee in 1999. William Willett, the man who campaigned for and made daylight saving time a recognised practice, was his great-great-grandfather. So, and there's a clue here, remember that when you put the clocks back or forward. I've got that one. I've got it. I've got. So that's music. I don't know if you can hear me. I've got it. Musical Chris's. Great. Have, have fun with those questions and see what you come up with during the break or not if you're a Patreon member. And we'll see you after these messages. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we find ourselves on those familiar hooks, those tenter hooks, and Robin's about to reveal the answers to this week's quiz. Thanks, John. So this quiz was about musical Chris's, and question one was, which musical Chris's real name is Christopher John Davison, and he went to school with Nick Drake and asked to join his band to the Perfumed Gardeners. Susie, did you have any <laughs> idea about that musical, Chris? Niente. No, that's, no, that's not Chris Nothing Niente. At all. That's not a, an artist, right? Yeah. John, what, what do you reckon? Well, I've actually got... Uh, yeah, I've got a signed uh, copy of his album, The Love Songs. <laughs> it's Mr. Christa Berg. Well done. Yeah, it is Christopher. How did he get that signed? Uh, so my fiance's dad has sung on stage with him. So I noticed, oh, this reflects quite a lot on me. I noticed that there was a signed CD in the house made out to Emerald and Coco with Love, Christa Berg. So you crossed it out. But no, I, I was just so taken with it that they were like, well, of course you can have it. Right. I was like, really? I can have your signed Christa Berg love song CD. They're like, yeah. Amazing. I love the yeah. idea of Christa Berg and Nick Drake in a band. I mean, oh. <laughs> how, how would that have sounded? Question two. Uh, which gravelly voice Chris titled his debut album Whatever Happened to Benny Santini? And his other albums were Espresso Logic, Shamrock Diaries and Tennis. Susie, did you? Nothing again. Nothing again? Gravelly voiced? Chris oh. Rear. It was Chris Rear, yeah. Okay. Question three. 
which musical Chris was born in Exeter and um, his uh, family, quite an illustrious family history here with uh, the motorhome sales business and William Willett, who campaigned for daylight saving time. So, Susie, do you have any... Is that Chris Martin? That's Chris Martin, yes. I put that clue in there about clocks. Yeah, I wouldn't have got it otherwise, I'm going to be honest. (laughs) So, very well done if you got that at home. Just like doing that Richard Osman thing. Uh, Yeah, that's... (laughs) And that's the quiz. The moon underwater. So I'm walking into Susie's pub with its mm. range of red wines. What am I seeing? What's the vibe? So I would say it's it's not huge. It's quite cosy. Mm. And in the corner there's a piano. Ooh. Now what is the etiquette in your cosy pub that's well maintained for piano use? You've got to be able to play it. Okay. So that would be, because I love the idea of everyone having a sing-song in a pub. Mm. I remember once in Renato's in Bristol, which is actually a pizza restaurant slash pub that's open late in a really nice part of Bristol. After a gig once, I remember Phil Kay playing the piano at about one in the morning while we were all quaffing red wine and eating pizzas, and it was just superb. Wow. Yeah, it's... Um, I, I like piano bars. They, they, they sort of are more of an... New Yorky thing, or certainly I've only been mm. to them in New York, but um, maybe they're all across America. And we went to one in New York that was um, piano bar, and all the waiters and waitresses were like kids that had come to New York to get on Broadway, basically. Wow. So they could all really sing, yeah. And so they would all do a couple of numbers during their shift. So your your pub is definitely a pub. It's not a sort of one of those darkly lit piano bars but it has a piano in it yeah and i think that if someone can play then then they can go for it and i also think at christmas time there'd be some old wine mm. and people would so someone would be able to play some carols and would all have a lovely time oh oh that sounds very very nice mm. uh, any other features fixtures and fittings i like i like the idea of there being sort of quite cool sort of photos on the wall of maybe like music hall performers nice old sort of playbills old posters that would be very nice yeah that sort of thing i love a kind of pub near a theater where they have all those you know like renato's is like that i I think it would be a theatrical pub Lovely theatrical pub as i live and breathe bunch of grapes in oxford used to be like that didn't it Mm. The past. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. So in this theatrical pub with a piano that you have to be able to play in order to play, Mm. what are your two spirits of choice? Okay, Woodford Reserve. Is that a bourbon? Mm. That's a bourbon. Yep. And it's it's kind of similar, but it's, it's cheap and it's something I've drunk a lot, which I've always enjoyed. And that's a Captain Morgan's. Ooh. Oh, lovely. Uh, just classic or spiced? Spiced, please. <laughs> huh. Just writing, making a note of that. What, what's the oof for? Because John, uh, John was clinically addicted to Captain Morgan's unspiced. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, actually, as you oofed, I sort of remembered that picture that he put up once of all the empty bottles. Yeah, yeah. you were sort of salute, saluting them, weren't you? But kind of quite sort of kneeling quite awkwardly on the floor as you did it to kind of be surrounded yeah. by them. Yeah, I for some reason just didn't throw them out and they 
Funny shark, cry for help. Yeah, they. Who knows? They really began to clutter up the house because uh, it started off like you know how students keep all their bottles on a bookshelf. Yeah. Well, there were about sixty of them, and uh, <laughs> it ended up that one of the the like sort of box room was just. <laughs> full of empty bottles of Captain Morgan's. It looked ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, Morgan Spiced uh, is, is, a, is a nice spiced rum, I have to mm. say. Yeah. Uh, do you mix that with stuff? Yeah, so the, the Woodford Reserve would be with ginger. Oh, oh lovely. lovely. Yeah. And the... Do you know what? I think that I'd have the spiced rum with nothing. Ooh. Just with a couple of big, big ice cubes and a nice mm. squeeze of lime. Because you could also have it with the ginger as well. You which could, is really yeah, nice. that is nice as well. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Well, in order to accompany these two lovely spirits, we have the spirit of literature past, Mr. Robin Allender, who will now be uh, inducting his latest tome into the pub library. Robin, what have you got for us this week? Well, it's another bit of ginger. It is The Ginger Man by J.P. Don Levy, um, which is a really interesting book. I didn't realise it was actually banned uh, and only published as pornography. (laughs) So... I'll just read you this little extract because I think it's uh, it's very John. And now we go down Wicklow Street because on this street there is a public house which I've always found very special. It can't be beat for the mahogany or barrels. Ooh. Huddled over cigarettes and porter, there comes a time in the city of Dublin when the glass tinkles. Morning despair and afternoon's passive agony fruits in a gel of joy and leaks all over when it melts later. I look into Tone's face, which is Ireland. What would you do, Tone, if you ever got money? A lot of money. Do you want the truth? I want the truth. First thing, I'd get a suit made. Then I'll come along to the seven tees and put a hundred pound note on the bar. Drink up the whole kip of you. I'll send a hundred quid to O'Keefe and tell him to come back. May even, if I get drunk enough, put a plaque in the sidewalk on the corner of Harry and Grafton. Percy Clockland, keeper of the kip who farted on this spot. R.I.P. Then, Sebastian, I'll start from College Green and I'll walk every inch of the way from here to Kerry, getting drunk at every pub. It'll take me about a year. Then I'll arrive on Dingle Peninsula, walk out on the end of Slay Head, beat, wet and penniless. I'll sit there and weep into the sea. (laughs) That really does... It sounds like you, John. (laughs) How have you not? read that book given you've read that passage i know i I really want to read it it's on the list i'm going to read it this year it reminds me of that alistair green tweet where he said something like there's not a man alive who wouldn't give it all up just to drink himself to death in his own house (laughs) (laughs) we want to make sure this pub doesn't go too far down that lane of ending up weeping in the sea Yeah, yeah, no but one I mean, wants to weep in the sea. No. But, but it's yeah. nice to hear that desire expressed. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, someone who's definitely not going to be weeping in the sea is Susie Ruffle, because her dream pub is taking blissful shape before our eyes. It's got Punk IPA, Star Prom and Shandy, Two red wines, Woodford Reserve, Captain Morgan Spiced. But in this theatrical pub, with a piano, there's also a jukebox that we share here at the Moon Underwater, and you get to add an album to the pub jukebox, Susie. So what's what's it going to be? 
It's going to be Tapestry by Carol King. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've got to say, I think that is one of the perfect pub albums. Mm. And also it links really nicely to my, because I've been thinking about my pub all day. Mm. You see, and about the fact that I wanted it to be a little bit theatrical and not quite a New York piano bar, but to have, like you say, the playbills on the wall mm. and sort of pictures of people in you know the 20s on stage and stuff. But there's, I was thinking about the album and I thought, oh, should I have a musical theatre album? But then I thought, no. So yeah, so that album, although it's not sort of a musical album or it's not a theatrical album, there's something about it to me that does feel, yeah, it's got some theatre in it. Mm. There's not a dud song on that entire Did you know album. what? There's really not. Yeah. Well, I don't know enough about Carole King. Did she have many other albums? Yeah, there's. I mean, that, I mean, that was like, she was in a songwriting partnership, mm-hmm. Goffin King, that, and they wrote a lot of like the early kind of girl group kind of yeah and like Motown kind of stuff as yeah, well yeah early 60s and so and Tapestry was a sort of chance to kind of revisit some of those songs as well as newer ones uh, you, like, will you still love me tomorrow yeah pop it on tonight John it is such yeah. a oh, good album pop it on tonight I feel the earth move under my Fantastic choice. Well, that goes on the Moon Underwater pub jukebox. And it's now time for your final selection, Susie. And it may prove crucial because mm-hmm. uh, you've double wined. You've owned the double red whining. Um, no Thank one's you, no one's as yet. If anyone was going to understand it, it would be you. <laughs> <laughs> but you get a chance to add any drink you want in your wild card choice. I, it's going to be a bottle of champagne. Lovely. Because it's... I think you're going to want one in. I think that there is something really lovely. And I can't say I've done it loads, but when one of my best friends got engaged, I went to the bar and just went, I'll have a bottle of champagne. Mm-hmm. And took it back to... The, and there was just the three of us having a drink. It's one of my best friends that um, that just that lives in the block next door to me now, which is very handy. <laughs> um, but we, when we went to drama school together years and years and years ago. And we met up and we knew that she'd got engaged. And there was just three of us. And um, I went to the bar and got a really nice bottle of champagne. And it was sort of the first time I could probably afford to do that. And I think there's something really nice about being able to treat your friend to a nice Mm. drink when something lovely's happened. And so I think you'd want that. You'd want a couple of bottles. Because I feel like in my pub, it always feels like something good could happen. You're barred. Well, with all of the nice and lovely things that might immediately happen in your pub, you're also able to ensure that nothing bad happens by banning one thing you hate in pubs. What's it going to be? TV screens. Yes, 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 Mm. and yes. I've performed in front of so many in pubs, Mm. and it is unbelievably soul-destroying when someone puts on a telly behind you whilst you're trying to... Do your 20 minutes. Especially when it's actual TV comedy. So it's like, yeah, that, Well, I'm not going to be funnier than Gavin and Stacey, so just watch that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially not in Bristol. I like the idea that when you're in a pub, you could sort of be in another time. Mm. You know, especially if a pub's really traditional. And so. That's such a, an interesting topic, I think, because I, I think pubs are time travel. And I think that's why so many pubs look old. Because you want to sort of connect to a history of 
companionship and sort of some kind of brotherhood or sisterhood of people mm-hmm. that has been happening in this country for 1500 years in some way or 2000 years and this is why the pub of the mind is such a an intoxicating prospect because when you go into a pub that's got it right you kind of feel like if I just don't look out the window, this could be 1930, this could be 1910, this could be 1850, this could be 1640. And it's sort of, there's something really peaceful about that some, somehow. So the pub's your TARDIS? The pub is my TARDIS. Oh, I think I'm really in love with your pub. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. I want to go there. I can see it in my mind. Oh, thanks. And in the decor, I'm seeing like... Sort of a signed photo of David Haig, like you know, for the yes. theatre thing. Sure, yes. I want that kind of vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe one of Derek Jacobi, sort of doing yes. a, a classic yeah, yeah, yeah. pose, a classic yeah. headshot pose, and maybe a photo of Richard Harris and John Gielgud pissed at the bar. Yes, yes, yeah, into it. <laughs> but I'm seeing sort of claret shades and dark greens. Hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. And maybe some curtains somewhere, some red curtains. Mm. S- slightly faded red curtains, maybe? I would have thought so, yes, mate. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay, so a pub by any other name would smell as sweet, but what is the name of your pub? <laughs> I, I, I hated that, but I will tell you. Uh... <laughs> Pompey Suze's Piano Bar and... Grill? I mean, you haven't mentioned food. Sorry. You can can get a gallon soda pineapple on Thursday, but that's it. That's the only choice. Nothing else. Um, So I've got got a few written down. Uh, What am am I going to go with? Yeah, okay. The principal. Nice. That's nice. I mean, how are you spelling that? Like like the head teacher or like the kind of moral thing? (laughs) Like, we like it what it would be if you were one of the principal roles in a play. Right, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. lovely. And I That's also nice. didn't realise that principal is spelt differently depending on whether you're talking about a head teacher or a, mo- a moral. <laughs> Neither did I. No. So that's why that's why he's in charge of the uh, the pub library, the principal. I, like I that. love yeah. that. Do you like that? Mm. And I think some people might shorten it to the prince. Yeah. That's sure. Yeah, I like that. Because my other oh. choices were the interval, oh, well, Act One beginners. Uh, the I chorus like, or the understudy. I like the interval. That's got a nice kind of Soho yeah. 40s vibe like we were talking about, you know. But it's the principal. <laughs> yeah, the principal. Yeah. It's the principal. I discounted principal. it. The nice. prince. The prince of Denmark. The bard. <laughs> the, yeah, sure. The great bard. <laughs> the yeah. great bard. And Shakespeare. Hurry up, please. It's time. Well, Susie, it's been an absolute treat to speak to you. I have really enjoyed creating this fantasy pub. And now, thank goodness, I get to give it to you. So you can take it wherever you go. The principal featuring Brewdog's Punk IPA, Star of Pram and Shandy, the house primitivo of a lost dream-like pizzeria, Waitrose Pinot Noir, Woodford Reserve, to be served with ginger if poss, Captain Morgan Spiced Rum, and Tattinger Champagne, and always that frisson, that chance that something wonderful might just kick off as Tapestry by Carol King plays along. 
So thank you very much, Susie. Yes, please. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> it's the best one you've had so far, right? It's the best. Yeah, it's it's, the it's best. one yeah. of the absolute yeah, yeah, most yeah, yeah, delicious yeah. mind pubs of its generation. Oh, so you, you weren't sure about the double wine, but I got you. I really like it because I, I love a lineup that is sort of it's slightly idiosyncratic. I think that's perfect because it makes it you. And you got... Well, you've got one story about one wine, the other one's just a really great Waitrose wine that you like. And I think that's <laughs> yeah. really good. So as the, the windows fog up here in the moon underwater, we are going to hand Susie her coat and umbrella and her tap shoes. Well, of course. So she can make that clippity-clop down it's the street. It's tap but okay. It is, it is, it's just tap tap Sorry, you're doing horse. the closing up and I keep being a prick and interrupting. <laughs> well, I guess horses were the first tap dancers. In many ways. Yeah. In many ways, uh, something to think on. So thank you so much, Susie, and we hope to see you in the principal very soon. Thank you so much. I enjoyed that so much. Once he reached for something golden hanging from a tree And his hand came down empty Well, it's farewell to Susie Ruffle, and what a delight it is to have had her here and to be able to introduce her into the correct realm at the Moon Underwater, Robin Thoughts. Great guest. And yeah, that was. Um, I really want to check out the Dolphin in Sydenham that she mm. mentioned, um, which I think it sounds like a lovely pub because that area is brilliant. There's a fantastic off license there and a brilliant bookshop called the Kirkdale Books which has got the best social media account of any any bookshop in the UK. Really? Yeah, it's really, really good. Oh, that's nice. Very funny. Lots of good music recommendations. I tell you what would be a nice evening, perhaps, is you go to the Dolphin for a few, and then you stumble into the bookshop three pints to the weather Mm. and select a couple of slim Faber poetry volumes before going to the off-licence getting a crate of Tusky, and uh, then just going home. Just going home, yeah. Reading, reading poetry whilst drinking Polish lager. Oh, that sounds lovely, yeah. It does sound good, doesn't it? Uh, well, next week, folks, into the moon underwater, we will be welcoming radio superstar, radio royalty, the lovely Mr Dave Berry. Uh, so we can't wait to have him here, and we can't wait to see you again too. And remember, do contact us, john at moonunderpod.com, And you can also head to moonunderpod.com to find out about various Patreon tiers and packages and extra bonus content, such as, but not limited to, Behind the Cellar Door, our bonus podcast. So for now, take care. May the pints be with you. Bye-bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.